Welcome to the Anonymous Andrew Podcast. Life and the choices we make. The choices other people make. Why we choose to ignore the red flags. Red flags like gaslighting, cheating, addiction, mental illness, and much more. What role do they play in relationships? Follow me each week as we discuss these topics with anonymous guests and experts to hopefully become better humans, resulting in better choices. Like I say, been there, still doing that. Now on to the show. Anonymous Andrew back with you with another episode. I think I just made a friend. Just finished recording an episode with a woman named Raquel. And she is a coach. And she coaches uh, couples and uh, and singles into um, reconnecting with themselves. Um, an amazing woman. Uh, we, we chatted before the recording and then almost 20, 25 minutes after the recording. And um, she offered me um, help. And I, I think I'm going to take her up on that. Um, on top of all that, she's got, again, amazing stories of trauma, abuse, uh, addiction, and, and another great story of how we can overcome all of this in our life um, for those who are struggling in anything, whether it's addiction or relationship, mental illness, whatever. There is hope, and, and, and you can come out the other side in one piece and in many times better than, than you can ever have imagined. And I'm learning that now as, as I'm post seven months now going on eight months. Um, you guys go back and listen to the first two episodes. All right. But this is like episode number 40 something. Um, you'll hear how I've transformed in the in, in just in, in three or four months of doing this podcast and learning to love myself and to forgive myself and not to not to be bitter and angry and resentful towards my ex. Anyway, up next is my interview with Raquel Adalson, and she is a coach, and she will tell you all about her practice and what she does and how she got there. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. Anonymous Andrew back with you with another very special episode. Today we have um, Raquel, and Raquel is with the Progressive Life Coach. Um, Raquel, good afternoon or good evening, because you're you're in a different part of the country than I am. Um, tell us a little bit about what Progressive Life Coaching is. Well, I'll tell you a little bit how how it was kind of born. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I was, I was, I'm just going to go through a little bit of my, my story Please. okay, some tidbits. Okay. So, so, um, I was born and raised an only child when I was seven, my parents had a very, um, violent divorce, a lot of violence. I watched him beat her up and, and all the things. Right. And so that kind of started these abandonment belief systems, fear, that kind of thing. And then fast forward when I was 13, my mom's boyfriend molested me. 
And so that was another traumatizing event that kind of taught me sex is love. If I give you what you want, I'll get what I want and all the things, right? But little did I know in my little immature brain that was still maturing that these belief systems were, were being created in my brain. Well, fast forward to when I was 15, my dad committed suicide. So then I really spun me out and um, that was a major abandonment issue. And I clung on to the first boyfriend I ever had. Okay. I was really, really afraid to be alone. So I stuck that out for three years while he spit on me, cheated on me, hit me, all the things. And I just repeated what I saw as a child because people repeat what they see, not what you tell them to do. Mm -hmm. So that went on. I call it my relationship career that went on. Um, for the next three decades um, of unhealthy relationships. And my biggest fear was I did not feel like I could make it alone. I did not feel like I could make it without a man. And that's what happened. And as a result of those traumatic events, that was my belief system. So I was constantly living in fight flight mode. Um, I was constantly selling out morals and values to be with the wrong partner, to mm -hmm. be with somebody and have some security, okay? And then fast forward to, I was 30, living in Utah. I'm from Utah originally, and everybody kind of gets married young there. And I I, I met um, a really nice guy. And I thought, well, this is a really nice guy. And I married him. But then like just a few months in, I just realized that this isn't going to work. I'm going to cheat or like, this is a, like, I'm not ready. I was not ready to settle into that. And the minute I got married, I felt like I had a choker on me. Like, I just felt like, oh my God, I have to, I have to do this. I have to wife. I have to like, it freaked me out. So got out of that marriage, jumped into another relationship with a cocaine addict, but I didn't know he was a cocaine addict. And so four months later, I was in the, just the depths of a cocaine addiction that lasted another four years. Well, at the end of that relationship, um, I had, I had been up all night and literally put a gun to my head and pulled the trigger. And, and he had taken the clip out of a nine millimeter, nine millimeter when I was 33. And when that happened, I had this epiphany that I quit taking my dad's suicide personal because in that moment of darkness, I felt everything that my dad must have felt when he, when he committed suicide. And so for me, it kind of set me free. Wow. It was a weird thing. And then, um, Fast forward after that, I got sober. I started having these, you know, um, spiritual awakenings. And then I got married to my second husband when I was 36. And that was again for security, all the wrong reasons. I did mm -hmm. everything for the wrong reasons. And I ran my whole life because I was terrified. Got married to him, divorced him after six months. Then I found a life coach. She kind of fell into my lap with the people I was hanging out with. And I was done. And I knew at 36 years old, if I don't change something about me, I'm going to continue dating the same guy with a yeah. different face until I am 50 years old. And I am never going to change this pattern. And that's when it really occurred to me that maybe I need to change something about me because I constantly made it about everybody else. Right. Um, but once I took yeah, once I put, took my power back and I got out of that victim mode and I started being accountable for my choices and I worked with her really hard for four years, that's when I really started to see changes in my life.
You just told my story. By the way, I am in recovery too. I have eight years sober um, from alcoholism and of course, a lot of cocaine in my life. Um, but I too, one relationship into the next relationship into the next relationship, looking for that whatever. And they were poor choices. And of course, the name of my podcast is Life and the Choices We Make. And I was doing what you were doing. I was making poor choices into, into getting into relationships and only to find out that, that they're abusive or, ma or manipulative or infidelity and all that. And then I would leave that and get into another one until you thankfully got the message a little younger than I did. I just turned 63 and I'm, I'm doing finally what I need to do is stop. I just, the last relationship, I said, I got, I got to stop. Even, even in sobriety, I was still making the same mistakes. So I, I am currently stop, stopping dating and relationship chasing and trying to figure this out. Anyway, I just wanted to let you know that story that you just told was me in the male version. So, Gosh. well, I think it's a lot of our stories, you know what I mean? Very similar. A lot of us go through this and I don't think that people realize we know how damaging it is. We know, okay, I know why I messed up, but I don't know how to change it. That right. was the thing. How do I change the behavior? And what I started learning, I worked with, she, this life coach worked with Carolyn Mace and she writes this book called Sacred Contracts. And it has, she talks about archetypes, kind of like an astrology wheel with these archetype cards and you pull this wheel and you, you pick all these things. So like all of us have a, a victim, um, a saboteur, a prostitute, and a, <clears throat> excuse me, a child. And all of us have those. And when you cast the wheel, um, my saboteur is in my ego and my prostitute is in my marriage and my relationships. Mm. So I prostituted in my marriage. And that's not literal prostitution. No. That just means you're selling it's out your moral. Metaphor. You're getting into relationships for all the wrong reasons. And so once I started doing that and realizing, oh my gosh, I can start working on these on the light side, it started to make me be able to change my brain and the way I my brain had automatically wired itself due to the trauma, right? And, um, you know, it didn't, I mean, it wasn't perfect and it still isn't. But when I left after I did, um, I did an inner child retreat with her and I, I left that marriage and I continued going and doing the work for the next, um, four years. And then, um, and then I finally met my, my husband I'm married to now, when I was 40, we actually met at a kiss concert in mm -hmm. Salt Lake. Wow. And because I'm an addict, we got married 60 days later on the day. Of course. <laughs> we've, yeah, we've been married almost 13 years, but well, oh, good. The first year of the relationship was really um, hard. And I'm going to tell you some very unattractive behavior that I did in my, in my way of manipulating and keeping people stuck. I told him, oh, I could have this and who I dated and what I could do. And it made him feel very secure, but it, what it made him, it made him never leave me. Right. So I, so we, we unconsciously or even consciously create a little gamey dialogue to keep people so they won't leave us when we have abandonment issues mm. it's not cool to do and i'm very ashamed well i'm not ashamed anymore with it because i'm saying it and i'm i want to help people you're, with it. You're, you're accountable to it yeah i'm 100 percent accountable for it but i it was hard to admit it i did admit it 
And I couldn't go back because I had already said those things, but I, I promised him like, you know, this is, this is my, my doing. I did this to make sure you would never leave me because of my abandonment issues, which in turn made him very insecure. And it created kind of a shit show in our relationship because then I had this crazy jealous person and I'm like, okay, well, we got to fix that. So the first year was a little tough in our marriage. And I, I really, I had to learn my different relationship behavior. Like if you want trust, you have to be trustworthy. If you want to be, if you want loyalty, you have to be loyal. Now that doesn't change if you, everybody makes a selection error like you did, right? With this past relationship. I mean, we all have made that selection error where you really kind of, something just knocks your socks off and you really thought it was pretty good. But when we really look back in hindsight, the kind of those red flags were there. We just chose to go in denial because we really, really want this. From day one, well, to the first month or two, I started seeing signs and, and, and verbally. Can I ask you, if, if you don't want to share this, okay, but I'm just curious, what were some of the tactics that you used to keep him? You said you, for the first year, you manipulated him into not, a, not leaving you. What, can I ask what? Of course because you can. I, because some of them were used on me. I want to see if there were any similar. A hundred percent. Because I think what happens is hurt people hurt people, uh, right? Um, so it just is a thing that just keeps repeating itself over and over and over, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I'm going to kick your ass next. And it just becomes this crazy cycle that we all get involved with and everybody's hurting everybody. So um, I I had told him about certain relationships I had with people who had money and he had, you know what I mean? We Neither one of us came from money, but I had kind of told him that to make him know that, hey, you're not going to want to leave me because I can go out and get someone with money or I can get someone better than you. This, right? is, this is why I asked you because that's exactly what I got. When I confronted her on a couple of issues that I did not like or was inappropriate, and I said to her, I don't find this appropriate, her words to me were, if you don't like it, there are plenty of men waiting to take your place. And then I got follow up a couple of weeks later. Oh, by the way, I'm still talking to some men on the dating app that we met. And this was like six months into the relationship. And she was still talking to some of these men. And she was telling me they were doctors and lawyers and they wanted to fly her out to fl fly her to Florida and fly her to the Bahamas. And they and ironically, she did take some vacations that I couldn't go on. And I think she did. I think she went out with some of these guys. You didn't follow through on yours, I, I imagine. No, no, no. I, I'm actually very, very loyal. I mean, I, my, my situation was simply to just make sure that he didn't leave me. I mean, I, I really felt crappy when I realized and acknowledged what I had done because I really knew when I met him that I really like, he was my, my exit buddy. I really, so I felt really bad for hurting him. You know what I mean? But I just had to own it and move forward and we had to work through it. So my intentions, they weren't malicious. They were just fight flight intentions. I think if, as I listened to what this gal did to you, um, that's a little more vagrant to me. You know what I mean? It's a little more in your face, very vagrant, very mm -hmm. on purpose. Um, you know, and actually it's mean. It's mm -hmm. really mean. 
So obviously, I mean, I could not knowing this person, I could tell you for sure she's got abandonment issues. Oh yeah, for sure she's got daddy issues. Mm -hmm. you know oh, oh yeah, the childhood was a traumatic. I could tell you all about the childhood, but it's similar to yours. So yeah, mm -hmm. right. So so really, unless I mean honestly, the bottom line is unless we really work through and peel these layer, layers of these onions back mm -hmm. it you're going to keep doing the same thing over expe expecting a different, different result so talk about in sobriety in recovery it's the definition of insanity, insanity. <laughs> right? at some point you have to stop and look at your take your own inventory pull your own weeds look at your own shit and go okay if I want to attract love and if I want to attract someone trustworthy, what do I have to alter in my life? What behavior do I need to change? If I want to attract someone that's st stable, you know, and, and just that will honor me, then am I going to be stable and be honorable? Like you have to, it like attracts like, mm -hmm. you know, so you have to be what you, you got to become what you want to attract. Okay. And my husband, we met when we were 40. Both of us were overweight. Both of us had hit rock bottom. He had a bad divorce. I had kind of hit a bad midlife crisis. We both went through our 401k and we started from the bottom up and we've been married almost 13 years today and we are equals. And what makes my marriage work is I am not the warden. I don't tell him what to do. I don't tell him what he can't do. Mm. Okay. Do your thing. Don't sleep with anybody. Those are, that's the only rule. Don't cheat on yeah. me. I won't cheat. Like those, that's our rule. Don't do that. But he's, he wants to be in this relationship. Now, could I tell this to a sex addict that I dated a long time ago? No, no, no way. I could trust a sex addict. You cannot trust a sex addict. Can't trust so, any addict. Right. But yes. Exactly. Yeah. But you can trust an addict if they're working in recovery and they're really working. Oh, a recovering addict. Yeah. 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 Someone in recovery that really is aware of, aware of, of their stuff, you know, um, they can be trusted, but, but you just have to become, you know, what you want to be. So, so I, I don't like the relationships that I've ever heard someone say, oh, it's my old lady. Oh, it's the ball and chain. Oh, it's the warden. I yeah. think it's super disrespectful. So what makes my marriage work is when we fight, I treat him like my best friend because that's what he is. Mm. So I take the wife hat off. I remove his husband hat and I say, Hey, you are my friend. How can we meet in the middle with this? And that's what yeah. I learned in, in communication. It's probably one of the biggest communication skills that I have learned um, is because when you get to, when you, when you're in a, when you're in a jealous relationship, or that kind of a relationship, it's really hard to not feel like crazy. I've definitely been that crazy person in a relationship, the one me that just made crazy. And I've been the person that made someone crazy. I've put someone in therapy and someone put me in therapy. We've all done it. Mm -hmm. If we all are honest with each other and own it and, and, and what we can do about it, we can't change that ugly behavior, but what we can do about it is learn from it and move forward and change the behavior moving forward. It doesn't guarantee we're not going to get our hearts broken again, but it does oh. guarantee that you're going to attract a healthier person, the healthier you get. Good. Because that's where I was. That's, that's exactly where I'm at. Um, I, 
the last relationship was so um you you talked about you you're being equal there was no friendship she she was the warden and i did everything she wanted to do and i i'm, I'm not going to go through the whole thing because each, each, it seems like every episode i have to tell the story and my audience is going to get bored of it but very similar to yours and and it in the end i finally when i finally found out the truth and what she was doing i finally walked away but by then i had invested two and a half years financially emotionally spiritually romantically and, and and sexually and all that and to walk away was one of the hardest things i did and of course my gut reaction or knee reaction was just to jump into another relationship but finally between therapy and my sponsor and a bunch of people that just said dude stop you know pause take a step back and 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 pull yourself together and and i take full accountability for even though she was the one that was escorting and infidelity and gaslighting i stayed i chose to stay i knew so i took i take accountability and i have to fix what's broken in me so let's talk about that so once you emerge from an abusive relationship how do we begin to love ourselves again forgive ourselves get rid of the shame get rid of the guilt get rid of the resentments well uh, gosh that's a that's a big question it's a loaded question i know i'm sorry <laughs> that's okay i have a big answer here i just need to compartmentalize it um first of all like over the years i've done a lot of forgiveness with myself one of the i'll give you guys a little a little meditation that that my coach taught me she taught me to take my parents and me and make us little like little two three-year-olds very innocent right and put them in my heart because when i took my when i took my parents and made them little three-year-olds and back, brought them back to their innocence instead of my mom abandoning me and not where were you when my, you know, my, her, your boyfriend was molesting me and my dad leaving and killing himself and, you know, all the things when I brought them down when they were little and I put them in my heart, it made it very easy to forgive them because they were little at one time too. And they got yeah. jaded and they got traumatized right along the way. And the, the other thing I learned was to not forgive somebody is like taking poison every day. Yeah. expecting them to die right yeah. so forgiveness um one of the ways i have forgiven myself i think more working through my issue talking about it just talking about it for one thing talking about it because people will go to their grave with their shame yeah. and shame is the lowest vibration it will make you sick it will make it will it will jump on top of your health and have and wreak havoc with your health because you're only as sick as your secrets and your shame. So you've got to find a way. And and there's a couple of things I've done: um, writing letters to others, of course, making amends. Right? You, when you're making amends to others, we know how to do that. Make amends to yourself. Yeah, that's what I got. You do. have to forgive yourself and. The first way to forgive yourself or anybody is to simply be willing. Once you're willing, you may not immediately, that heat and that anger may not immediately go away, but once you become willing to realize that we are spirit having a human experience, we're meant to get our asses handed to us down here. We are in earth school yeah. and you're going to get bruises and bumped and get your ass kicked and possibly run over a couple of other times. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you're supposed to learn. 
So once you wrap your head around the fact that this is just a temporary earth school, we're meant to get our asses kicked because we don't learn from the easy shit. We learn from the hard things. Yeah. Okay. And it doesn't, and we can't compare ourselves to, oh, you know what I mean? Like our ages and when we evolve, like each of us has a different spirit and each of us is on a different path. So when we stop comparing ourselves and get off social media and because it's a bunch of bullshit anyway, and a bunch of filtered nonsense, if we really get real with each other, the more conversations that we can have, like we're having and the more vulnerable we can be and just be honest about what's really going on there and in our emotions, I think it helps people open up more. Well, this is precisely why I started this podcast. It was something I've always wanted to do. I just never had a topic that I thought that I could be good at. But when, when this relationship ended and I was in pain and grieving and sitting home night after night, but I would listen to podcasts. I was, I'm a big podcast audience also i listen to a lot of podcasts about relationships and one day it just dawned on me and like you said what we're doing talking about it by by meeting people i i, I have several weeks booked and i've been doing this for four, almost four or five months i'm i love to hear your story and, and and it tells me that i'm not alone that that what i did or i went through i'm i'm not unique and that there are other people out there and some of them I thought I had it pretty bad until I've heard some people's stories. I'm listening to your story and I'm like, that's pales in comparison to mine. But I, I know we don't compare that stuff, but it's it's how we come out of the other end of the relationship and what condition we're at. And you mentioned something about, I forget how you phrased it, about taking care of yourself. I recently had a doctor's appointment a couple of months ago and I my blood work was way off. I, I had gained weight. All, all since the breakup. So the the trauma and the stress and the anxiety from the breakup had manifested physically. And uh, my doctor, um, I, I have a couple of medical conditions. I have some heart problems, but my cholesterol, my sugar, my weight was way up. And and um, I'm working very diligently right now to on a diet and exercise to to get all that down. But your body can go through these changes after a, a horrible tra traumatic experience like that okay 100%. so how did you get into so let's go into let's talk about the progressive life coaching tell us a little bit about that how you got so, into that well i mean my story you know i've always been kind of a an empath and and a nurturer by nature like since i was little um i've always connected with older people like 20 years or older, you know, just had older friends, appropriate friends. You know what I mean? I've right. always connected. I just, I don't know if I'm an old soul or what it is, but um, once I did all this work and I had these epiphanies and I, I saw some light, I was like, oh my God, I want to show everybody where this light is. I want to show everybody that they can get there. You know what I mean? And I want everybody to know that they're not alone. And just because they can't do something like this and it put on YouTube in front of the world, you don't have to do that with your story. You no. just have to, you just can't leave it inside of you. You have to tell a therapist or a friend or write it down on a piece of paper and burn it. Mm -hmm. Tell God, but you got to get it out of your body because that's what it did. It, it manifested in a physical form for you in the sense of your cholesterol and your diet and all the things, because you could eat perfectly, but if you don't work through the emotional issues everything's mm -hmm. kind of going haywire in your body yep. 
right? And so when people's, you know, Western medicine serves its purpose and I get it and I'm grateful for it because I do have an autoimmune disorder. Um, I have autoimmune dis um, hepatitis and I need to be on a auto, um, a, an autoimmune suppressant. But I've also, am like super happy and my labs are amazing because I take care of myself. I absolutely take care of myself. So it, it really, I mean, I know that I am living proof of when you take care of yourself, your mind, your body, and your spirit, everything will come together. But if you're just taking care of your body and you're forgetting about your heart and your spirit and your mind and your emotions, you know, you may look great on the outside, but you're going to be hating it on the inside. Yeah. It's all connected. So once you do some healing with this, and then just for instance, with your heart, I'm a big Louise Hay fan. She wrote a book in the eighties um, called you can heal your life. And she, I don't know how this woman put it all together, but she has a list of health issues from A to Z that can happen. And what is the, um, what is the thought that created the condition? Mind blowing. So with you and your heart and with men in general, men in general, when they get their heart broken, they get it broken one time and they close it, lock the door, that's it, dust it off, move on and suck it up. And if it even comes up, they shove it back down because men are taught not to feel their feelings, not to be vulnerable, not to cry, right? Mm. So what they do is they shove it down there to where it gets so hard, your heart blows up. Mm. That's why men have heart attacks more than women. And okay? I have, and I have atrial fibrillation. I, I do have a heart condition, so it's amazing. Right. And it's from just, you can, it's from having a broken heart, mm -hmm. but it can be healed. It, you can heal all of that. Everything, every cell and in our body regenerates. Like, I don't know if it's every 24 hours or whatever. I don't know the stats, the stats on that, but every cell is constantly regenerating. And as you learn to heal and you forgive and you forgive yourself and you go in with life with an open mind and an open heart, I promise you. I promise you, if you do that work in six months, you could go in and get an echocardiogram and there'll be nothing wrong with your heart. That's funny because I have an echocardiogram scheduled for next week. They just called Literally. me today to remind me. So uh, that's funny. I'm I'm trying to do the work. So I'm by by having this podcast and purging and, and having conversations, but my nurse, my psychiatric nurse practitioner has said to me, and of course I we meet regularly and I tell her I want to, heal and I want to fix myself. You know what she said to me? She said, the best medicine that you could do is go, go to your 12 step program and let them follow the 12 steps. And, and, and cause she's a big 12 step proponent. Um, so, and uh, she might, she might be right. Um, but I, but I'm in therapy and I'm into meditation. Um, and I, of course I have a higher power. And so I'm, I'm trying but you're right about the, when men get their heart broken, they shut down. Because even if I thought about dating right now, I, I wouldn't trust. I wouldn't be vulnerable. I wouldn't trust anybody. And I'll be honest, I've been on a couple of dating apps and I've called, talked to a couple of women and I just, I shut down. I'm like, nope, nope. And Well, you're, uh, not, you're not, you're clearly not ready. And no. you're not, you're not healed from this past thing. No. Um but, you know, I, what is your ther? I'm curious to know what your therapist, like what, what, the, what feedback your therapist is. So your therapist is telling you to go back into 12 step. Yeah, right? she, she, she's, a, 
I don't know how to explain it, but she she was in a twelve step program herself a while back for for a different thing, and so she she's a she believes in it, um, and her specialty is um, psychiatric and addiction. So she treats people with addiction. She treats, for example, she treats many people with opioids addiction. She gives out suboxone. I, I'm, I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yes, she's that type of of, of therapist slash nurse practitioner. But she tells you that you need to have a support system, and 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 she's there's many types of support systems out there. But she says the twelve steps would help you forgive yourself, would help you do the resentments. Like I have to, she wants me to do a fourth step over again, and um, and a ninth step, and um, all all that stuff. Uh, and yes, I'm not ready to date yet. Um, I, I'm I'm lost. I'm literally lost because I just don't know. I I can tell you this. I, it's, there's, there's a bunch of ingredients in making a cake. There's not any one thing that makes a cake, make a cake, right? Right. Bunch of ingredients. And I love the 12 steps and I have a great respect for AA. I've never done, even gone fully through the steps, but I do try to live to the best of my ability because I think it's a great way of living you know, like the 10 commandments to like just some basic stuff, right. Some basic, decent, like live like a decent human for God's sake. Like there's nothing there. Right. Um, but I, I, I think that all the ingredients you it's the 12 steps it's, it's writing a letter. The 12 steps are not, it's not any one thing people can go in AA and we see people die in AA. I've lost so many people that are active in AA and in recovery and sobriety because they haven't healed. Something is still wrong. Something is still wired wrong. They haven't changed that neuroplasticity in their mind. They die of heartbreak. They die of something. I've lost a ton of people that have been sober a long time and they've died. So I'm not convinced and call me crazy, but I'm not convinced that it's the only thing. Oh, no, 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 no. I really think you have to add other ingredients and, and really working on that forgiveness of yourself. And, um, and meditation is a great tool. So I think you take the 12 steps and you take meditation and you take writing a letter and you take a little bit of your therapy and you take a little bit of, maybe you get this book, Louise Hay, and you kind of read this because her book is all about teaching you how to love yourself, all about affirmations, all about I ams. One thing I can tell you is in 2014, I was trying to pass my real estate test. And I kept failing. I failed seven times. And you would not believe the dialogue that went through in my head. I was the biggest piece of shit. I was stupid. I almost threw the book out the window. And I had so much anger and resentment. Bam, this autoimmune and hepatitis slammed my body. And my liver enzymes were elevated to 1300. My body was so hot because I was so enraged and being so hard on myself that bam, it just did it. Now, scientifically was it always in my dna and it got triggered from the trauma i don't know but what i do know is that i still have it but i'm healthier than anybody i know that has autoimmune hepatitis people are absolutely shocked when they look at my labs and i've had it since 2014 because i don't live in that space and what i learned about that was it was the liver it's chronic complaining and resentments that's what the liver represents. And that's what I was doing. And I did not realize 
how ugly I had allowed my state of being to be, how ugly I the dialogue was in my head on a daily basis. I ended up going back to counseling and she had me write a simple gratitude list every day, going back to the basics, gratitude, grateful for what you have, stay in the positive, stay away from the news, stay in the positive and celebrate the victories, no matter how big they are, stay on that positive side. And I had to rewire my brain and it took like 30 days. And then I was like, oh my God, wow. I feel a thousand times better than I did 30 days ago. I, I have to do that because uh, my sponsor and my therapist both said, sit down and write a gratitude list. And my immediate comeback was I can write a gratitude list, but next to it, so like column A would be my gratitude list, but my column B is going to be my pessimistic list, you know, because that's how I think. And so I get, and, and, the, and the thing is about me at, I, I'm very comfortable. I have all everything that I need. I, I, I'm very grateful for my life. There are if you just turn on the TV and see what's happening around the world and the suffering and the and the whatever the violence and all that. I, I live by the beach. I have a great job. I have I have a beautiful home. Blah 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 blah. And yet I'm complaining about A, B, and C, and I don't see. I don't see what I have in front of me and, and that's what I need to do. I do. And you, so you're the third person to say, make a gratitude list. So I think it's time that I do that. So. Right. Right. Well, and the thing is, is when you grab a few of these tools and you are actively using them, okay, you should start to feel better, but if you're not, then you got to make another adjustment. Yeah. Don't settle mediocre do you know what I mean and go well this is just as good as it gets you can do and and whether yeah. that's getting your meds regulated doing more work reading more um you know going finding a hobby anything like if you're not shifting and feeling better and I'm not saying Rome was built in a day I mean I started to have you know these little conscious awakenings started lifting me and of course I have my bad days but I have better coping coping tools like I can, I don't react as heavy, you know what I mean? As I used to, I don't get as raged out as I used to. I used to throw yeah. things. Neither do I. Yeah. That's interesting. Awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, you learn different coping skills, but you know, at the end of the day, back to this being like a relationship podcast and what you really want to convey to your listeners is we have to learn to have a good relationship with ourselves. And I remember hearing that I was that when I was 20 years old going, whatever, it's nonsense. I'm not listening <laughs> to that, right? Yeah. But, but life decided and God decided to have a different plan. And I really did learn, have to learn how to treat myself kind and have a little grace with myself. You know what I mean? I obviously I make mistakes every day, mm -hmm. uh, but I have a lot more grace with myself. And, and when you know better, you do better. And so you just right. Go ahead. Yeah, I, yeah. I, same thing. I when I first years ago, I would hear "be kind to yourself" and 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 treat yourself and and everything you said, and I would roll my eyes too. But today, um, I, I'm taking that more seriously, and I also um, you just mentioned something. Uh, oh gosh, I can't remember what it was, but I'm doing it, and. Um, it, it's it is making a difference. I 
by the way, this is, and the audience knows this. I've been single seven, maybe going on eight months now. That's the longest time I've been single in 20 something years because my pattern was to jump right in. This is the first time I'm actually single and I'm starting to enjoy living alone by myself. Uh, in the first three months, it was horrible. I was just going out of my mind. But, you know, when you're with somebody for X number of years and you see them either every day or every weekend or whatever you're schedule is and then all of a sudden poof they're gone it's difficult to adjust to that especially if you're in love with them anyway i, I i've come to a point in my life where i i am grateful and I'm, I'm learning to like myself like not love like myself a little bit better so um raquel what can uh we're going to begin to wrap up what any parting advice, thoughts, something maybe you didn't get to you'd like to emphasize? Well, I think if I may go back to your relationship a little bit, sure. I think just to maybe work work this Play-Doh with you on this relationship. So if you were to look at what where you met her, okay, and where you got the gut feeling or that red flag, Mm. And I'm just, I'm just, you don't have to answer it here, but I'm just asking you to kind of reflect back on this. Where did you have that red flag? Cause you knew it was there. We all know it's there. We just go into denial. Oh, absolutely. Um, we, yeah. we seldomly do someone just knock our butt in the dirt and we didn't see it coming. Usually there's a little bit of a red flag. So where I would love, and, we'll, and I'd love to talk to you after, but where did the red flag come up? And then six months in, when you learned about this, what was it? Do you, and these are just questions to ponder on. Were you in love with her? Were you addicted to her? Were you, you were you, um, was it the idea of her? Was it the idea of having a partner? All, all, the, of above? all of the above. And, and I think that you're not alone in, most of us will stay in an absolute shitty relationship in fear of this is as good as it gets. I'm not lovable. No one's going to love me and I'll just take what I can get, which is absolute bullshit. Yeah. Right. And then you meet somebody and you go, oh, this is great. And then, then the affairs start to happen. Right. And it's like, oh, this will be so great on this side and on this side. And then those things, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying everybody does this, but this no. is just the, it's the vicious cycle of lack of communication in relationships you, if you want a relationship to work, both parties have to be vested in it. Yep. They both have to want to be in it. If you've yep. got one that's on the edge and one that's hundred percent, you're screwed. It's yeah. not going to work, you know, yeah. and you have to decide if you, like, if you're willing to invest your time in someone that's half-assed in, you're going to have your heart broken. It's just going it, to like, it's like, would you rather have one to the head or five to the chest? Like right. just get out and move <laughs> on, you know? Um, but, but I think just looking at those things and where you are in your evolution of what's my level of fear of being alone, what's my level of not feeling lovable, because I think once you're aware of where the level is, you can bring the level up. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah but I'd love to talk to you more offline and, and work this whole thing with you and, um, and help you find a place of peace with your heart. I mean, I think if you did some work in this next week, you'd probably be, you'd probably shock your doctors next week at this echocardiogram, because I truly believe 
the power of forgiveness and the power of, of just letting, letting all that go, you know, um, again, writing a letter, letter, or just saying, God, you know what, just take it from me, forgive me, because again, we're human having, we're spirit having a human experience. experience. We, are, yep. we are supposed to make mistakes. We are supposed to everything. Everything is all divinely guided. Yeah. Oh, I believe that. And it's one of my favorite sayings. We're humans, uh, we're spirits having a human experience. I have an Oracle deck that one of the cards in, in the deck. I, I read tarot cards too. Um, Raquel, tell us about uh, where we can find you online. I, I think you have a website. I do. And it's, um, it's RaquelAdolphson.com. So it's Raquel is in Raquel Welch, R-A-Q-U-E-L. Adolphson is A-D-O-L-P-H-S-O-N.com. You can put also- that in the show notes. You can also find me um, progressive life coaching on Instagram. Okay. Or Kelly Dolphson on Facebook and Instagram. And um, yeah, I offer yeah. six. I offer free sixty-minute um, consultations just to oh, talk great. about to see if it's a fit. So you know, no harm, no foul. There's no you know, there's no pressure or anything to work with me. Okay. You know? I'll put I'll put all that if you you I have some of the information, but. Make sure you email me um, the, the three things you mentioned, and I'll put them in the show notes. Um, and and of course, I'll I do the same thing. I just created finally a, a Facebook page dedicated to the podcast. I was using my personal Facebook page, which was a disaster. So that's what I was doing right before you 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 joined the, the meeting. So Raquel, thank you so much for joining me. It was a pleasure to talk to you and some story. And and I I I, I love the ending. I love the ending and I, I'm I'm glad you're happy in your marriage and you finally found happiness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely, you know, it's had its little ups and downs, but it's the coping skills that have helped me work through it. And those are the skills that I want to pass on to everybody. You know, yeah. I mean, the thing is, it is our divine right to be happy. It is our divine right to have love and to be loved and to love. It's just a matter of getting get all getting all the garbage. We out get we get in our own way. We're our own words. And our garbage gets in our way. So you've got to take out the trash and clean things up a little bit and do your own stuff first. And then it's absolutely possible to have it. I really believe that. I do too. Thank you so much, everybody. Raquel Adolphson. Um, I'll put all her information in the show notes. Please reach out to her if you have any issues. She's offering a 60 minute consult, 60 minutes consultation. Wow. That, that's, that's generous. Okay. Thank you for joining me. And and I would love to have you back someday. We'll do an update in a couple of months or six months. Okay. Thank you. I know. I have to say it. Wow. Wow. I don't know how I find these people. They're just amazing. One one story after the other. And, and they're all like my story in one way or another it, it's the addiction the alcoholism the repeating the same behaviors over and over again making the same mistakes getting back into relationships only to find out that you're choosing the wrong people again and and over and over and over again and thank god for this podcast and i thank god for my sponsor and my support group that told me to stop and uh 
slow down, take a step back, because this has been one incredible journey these past couple of months, and I can only imagine what lies ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, it, it's a pleasure to, to bring you this podcast, but as usual, I do need to ask you for a favor. I need you to go down, especially if you're on Apple, um, Spotify, uh, or any platform that allows you to leave a review. I need reviews. I need to get some uh, five stars. I, I have a few, and I'm going to read some of them in, in the next week or two. I'm going to read my reviews on the air. But I need some more, and I need you to help me push this podcast up into the podcast world. So thank you for listening once again. It is my pleasure, and it is. Um, I just want to thank you so much for supporting me. Uh, I do have a new Facebook page. I will tell you about that shortly on my Instagram. Um, still in the work. So listen, if it feels good, do it. If you're going to choose, choose wisely. Until next time.